Welcome to the Kate Take Podcast with me, your host, Kate Brown. I'm a millennial mama, wife, health and business mentor, and currently in the wonderful, messy middle, navigating the ups and downs of life, entrepreneurship, and building big dreams. At the age of 24, I decided I wanted more from life and a career and stepped into the world of building a part-time business alongside my teaching career. I was able to grow that part-time business into a full-time endeavor, and here I am seven years later. Along the way, I've had a lot of fun, I've failed, I've learned, I've grown a lot, and you know what? I want you to do the same. I know what it's like to want more from life, but not know where to start. I know what it's like to want to reach that next goal, but feel like it's taking forever to get there. I know what it's like to navigate the messy middle and try to figure out your next steps, and that's what the Kate Take is all about, to help take you from inspiration into action every single day, taking one step forward to build your dream life. Each week, I'll share my take or an inspiring guest take on life, business, motherhood, growth, and every single thing in between. All right, you ready? Let's do the damn thing. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Kate Take Podcast. It's Kate, and I am so honored to be sitting with today's guest. I'm sitting here with Britt Anderson, Brittany Anderson, I should say, the young widow. She's a mama of two, and she's learning to find her new path in life um, through God, courage, community, and sharing her story. And you guys are going to just really... Um, be blown away today by Brittany. I continually am. And I feel like we formed a friendship now and following each other. Um, so Brittany, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Kaylin. I'm so excited to be here and I'm just honored to be a part of this and everything that you're doing for not only your own healing, but for your followers and for women in general. I think it's so, so honorable. So thank you for having oh, me. Of course, of course. Yay. So before we dive into Brittany's story, we just want to give a little trigger warning before we dive into it, because Britt is going to talk about some heavier topics. Um, Britt lost her husband um, and a huge piece of her healing journey and what she's sharing now is to help other young widows out there. So if this is a topic that's um, too raw for you, we just kind of wanted to give a little warning before we dive into it, but there's so much hope and inspiration in your story, Britt. So I know that the listeners will um, take so much from that as well. So let's kick off, Britt, by just telling your story. Tell the listeners about yourself and um, your life. Sure. Um, and widow or non-widow, I hope, like Caitlin said, that it, you know, my message or our conversation brings some um, hope and joy and, you know, purpose into your life. That's kind of why I continue to share what I do. I get so many messages, um, specifically on Instagram, just how one one thing I shared or one song or an event um, can turn somebody's day around um, or a relationship for the better. So um, I hope I hope that that's what this brings as well. But yeah, so um, I am 33, originally from Illinois, uh, but I've been in the Nashville area um, since for about 10 years. My late husband, Kyle, was born and raised here. And I was just um, average mama. Um, I have a almost seven-year-old and almost three-year-old boy and girl. Um, and I taught kindergarten. Um, it was my heart and soul for 11 years. Um, so I have a passion for babies and kiddos and um, families and all the things and was just really doing life day to day. I had my my white picket fence um, and, you know, quote unquote, what we all want or, you know, as mothers, as wives, you know, you want 
for, for me as a child of divorce, it was something that I aspired to have. Um, and that's really where I was in life a year and a half ago. Um, my husband, Kyle, and I were married for 10 years and our birthdays were just a few days apart and our babies were with um, his parents for the weekend. And we went boating um, at a local lake here in Tennessee with two other couples and he didn't come home that day. Uh, he, um, so supported and so loved. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, so we had just had um, my son graduated from preschool two days prior to the accident. And I just remember having that same conversation with him. Like we had done it, you know, we have the house and the jobs and the babies and um, we were so happy and content where we were and so proud of, you know, we met when we were 19, I was 19. And as adults, we were just ready for the next chapter. And three days later, he lost his life um, in a horrible accident that myself and four of our best friends witnessed. Um, I saw him do something that he did hundreds of times. He had a love of adventure for adventure and life and was going up a kind of rock wall and he was getting ready to jump into the water. Again, something I have photos of him doing it. it wasn't shocking to me at all. And as he was climbing, he pulled out one of the rocks um, of the cliff and it knocked him in the head and knocked him unconscious. Mm -hmm. um, he went through a tree and then he fell into the water and worst case, best case scenario, whatever you want to call it. Um, three of my friends were underneath Kyle and then I was still on the boat. And so we were, I was able to call 911. Um, they were able to, they were as close to him as they physically, if, as anyone could have been, yeah. um, to kind of dive and try to help and grab him. And, um, there was just nothing that we could do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, talk about like your life kind of flashing before your eyes and having to, um, the trauma of that, um, the work I've done to kind of never erase that, but try to heal from that mm -hmm. um, has been life-changing. Um, Caitlin and I have both talked about EMDR and the benefits of different types of therapies and all of that. And so my story has, has been so much about that day and the accident, but like how I have processed trauma, processed grief, processed working and grieving and parenting young babies and how, how, Every day, you know, everyone says you live your live your life the fullest that you can, but until you walk through something that is literally the worst day of your life, yeah. it, it's hard to fathom. It's hard, you know. I get, I can't, I can't imagine, um, and you really can't. And that's no no fault of yours. I, I don't wish anyone could imagine, right? Absolutely. Um, but I'm just here to advocate for a widows in general because that was me. Excuse me, it is me. That's mm -hmm. hard to say. Um, 18 months ago, I didn't, I couldn't find anyone who was like me. Um, and it took so much prayer and therapy and work to get to where I am today. And so that's why, that's why I share, because I know Kyle would want me to, I know he is so incredibly proud of me and our babies and, um, just bring awareness to what you do and what the hell situations, right. Yes. And how you don't have to stay in bed, um, you know, for, days, years upon, upon in your, in your life to get over something. So, yes. yeah. Oh, Britt, you're Ugh. so, you're oh, the <laughs> kind of like the hard part is over. And, and, and like we were saying before this um, episode aired, it's like, you're Kyle is so proud of you. 
and we're so proud of you. And this is so hard. And I know every listener right now is just holding you up in love and prayer and support. And um, your story matters and Kyle's life matters. And sharing this is going to help someone. And that was really me and Britt's goal of this episode today is whether it's grief and you're a widow or you have some other hardship in your life, um, really looking at the work, the really hard work that you've done to now get to where you are. And so thank you for sharing that. Cause I, a huge piece of this for me was honoring your sweet, sweet husband. And I, you know, I want to just make sure that we put that out there, that this is to honor Kyle's life and also um, honor the work that you're doing, Britt, because it's it's truly incredible. And it's it's helped me. And, I, you know, Thank your story you. is not my story. But when I see you and I see you share your strength and your vulnerability, I just think that it is a, a great lesson in, um, you know, living life to the fullest. And so I, I'd love to kind of dive into this because it sounds like Kyle was the life of the party. He was going to like get as much juice out of that, like squeeze the most out of life. And you really had a a crossroads of a decision. Of course you have to grieve and you're still grieving and grief evolves. And we can talk about grief on this, but what I think is so commendable of what you've done in your messaging on social media and sharing your story, Britt is like, um, we don't get a tomorrow. You don't get you know, we, we don't know what's going to come. And so can you talk to the listeners about, you know, grabbing that every day, like live life to the fullest, but how do we do that in, you know, right. when kids have to go to daycare and we have to pack right. lunches and, you know, we might say like, yeah, I want to grab life by the, you know, let's go. Right. But how do right. we balance that tangible? and do that? Yeah. Right. And so how do you for, continue to do that? For sure. So, um, like I said, Kyle passed in May of 21 and I went right back to work in August and I'm still not sure how I did that. Um, I worked head down in my bubble with, you know, the best community and support system. And I think that was God's plan. He knew that I was going to be supported at school. And after, you know, deciding I needed to take a break, my therapist always says, what is your bandwidth? What are you filling, you know, filling your cup with? Um, how much can you actually handle in a day? And that's really helped me figure out, you know, as moms, we want to say, yes, we want to do it all um, and be everything to everyone, but how much can we actually handle? And so once I decided to leave teaching was never a want, but an absolute need. I miss it every day. Um, I was able to kind of take that whole mentality that my husband always had. We went snowboarding. I threw a fit. We went motorcycling. I threw a fit. Like just, I'm such a control freak, you know, Enneagram one type a, whatever you want to call it, had to have the finances, had to have the plan. And now like everything has been thrown out the window. If someone's asked me to go on a trip, I've been to Kenny Bunkport. We went to Harry Potter. I mean, um, just the beach, um, New York city this weekend, just whatever I can do to say yes to life, I have done regardless if it takes me seven days to pack for all three of us, I make that a priority. Now, can you go to New York, you know, on a weekly basis? No, but as far as at home, what, how can you get the best and the most of life? My kids and I, we turn up music really loud. I let them we dance in the kitchen. I let them pick our songs. Sawyer will sometimes dance on the countertop. And for me, it's like, it's not even, 
you know, it doesn't have to be a giant excursion or a huge trip. It's just like, instead of saying no, get off the counter or worrying about the volume of the music or the food that's on the, you know, on the stove, it's just like, you're just letting go and just being in the moment and being present with your babies or your family or your spouse and just, you know, trying to be spontaneous and letting the worry of everything else go. That's kind of how I've said yes, how I've been in the moment. Um, now that doesn't mean they get everything they want and they get yeah. to do all the things, <laughs> right? Um, I also try to be or get outside as much as I can. Now that I've had the blessing to be off work for the last six months, that makes it much um, easier for me to travel or to, you know, be in the moment or get outside, which I know not everyone has, um, mm -hmm. has that capability. But regardless of the circumstances, just try to say yes, try to, you know, put the worries away, put um, the finances or the mess, you know, yeah. sometimes I, I would avoid getting toys out or Play-Doh or certain things out with my youngest. And it's just like, it'll be all right. You know, yeah. there's going to be stuff on the floor. Just say yes, let them, you know, have that memory, that moment and, and just be, just be. That's, that's kind of what it's taught me. I love that. And how has that been for you as a perfectionist oh. tendencies to let that go? What would be your advice yeah. to even your former self? If you look at who you were life pre and post accident, right. um, how, how does the listener saying, Oh, I haven't had something earth shattering happening, but uh, I, I don't, right. I don't know how to let go of that control. Right. And that so much for me has been just the hard reality of, of my situation just learning, like we really don't have any control, whether you think, you know, you have a plan for your life or even for your day. And you think you've got it all under control at the end of it. You, we don't, we, we're not in charge of any of this. We're not in charge. Uh, we're not in control of, of one single interaction. So it's just for me, how in this life that I have, that I have been given, I am still here. Yeah. How do I make the most of it? How do I share our story? How do I impact and help others? How do I say yes? Because the yes brings me joy. It fills my cup and it, it makes life a little sweeter, even when it's been rock bottom for yeah. sure. Um, the perfectionist in me actually retook the Enneagram test and I've changed numbers. Like, I don't know if that's something with trauma or grief or, yep. you know, a, a life changing event, but I feel like the before and the after I'm a completely different person. And I've shared this with friends, like what, what a gift it would be to for Kyle to be here and to see this version of me, how, yeah. how I would parent, how I would be a wife, how I would be, you know, a, a member of our church or a member of this community. I, I just feel like I have so much to offer and so much to give where before, you know, I, I didn't know any different. I was mm -hmm. kind of, you know, in my naive bubble before grief popped it and what a gift it is to not have, you know, some sort of, life-shattering event, but to, to acknowledge what you have now and to live every day that way. It's, it's yeah. such a, I think it's such a gift. I think it's such a great reminder to, to practice gratitude. And I know sometimes that can seem silly, but I'm, I'm of the belief that if you want more money in your bank account, for example, well, you better be grateful for what's currently there. Right. And I think it's just such a great reminder to, in the day to day, we can get you know, I want this and I want that. And I want this. And it's like, look around at your life and what you already have, because 
it's such, you know, it's such an answered prayer that we sometimes just let pass by. Um, I want to talk about how you've shared your story and how you've turned this massive loss um, into kind of your mission. So, you know, and, and Britt will talk about this. You've done work with um, sharing about your loss. You've helped other widows. Now you're in this um, Never Alone Widows ministry community. So can you talk about what made you decide to share your story so raw and vulnerably? Because, you know, you're opening yourself up to being vulnerable. You're talking openly about grief and just messy stuff that people don't talk about. So, how have you found the bravery, the courage, and the why behind sharing this with your audience? Sure. Um, it didn't come overnight. And I would say it didn't come probably till after I did some intense, intense therapy. Because in the beginning, you know, it's just a fog. You're, you're, it's a mix of emotions. Nothing really makes sense. Your whole life, you know, has been flipped upside down. And so, I knew kind of coming out of that fog and going back to work, like if I didn't work on myself from the inside and, you know, inside out from my mental state that I wasn't going to do, I wasn't going to be able to function for not only for myself, but for my kids. Um, so that was kind of ground zero for me. I went to a place called onsite, which is in, um, there's one in Tennessee and there's also one in California. And I spent kind of five days what I thought would be about the accident and seeing, you know, the love of my life lose his life was so much like peeling back like an onion, like all yeah. to the center of, to the roots of my core and learning, like I was so codependent on Kyle and his love and what he was to me that I I'm sitting in my living room and I don't even know who I am mm. um, as as a person, not even as a wife or a mama, but learning like it's called your, um, your inner self or your, um, your inner child. And so that was for me like powerful because I was like, I didn't know these things. And there's so many people who, who out there who don't know, you know, that if you are codependent on someone and you lose that someone, whether it's a spouse or a friend or whatever, you are at the end of the day left with you. Mm -hmm. And so making myself as strong as I possibly could was, was really where my mission kind of started. And so coming off of onsite, I had the connections with, um, a few women through never alone. Um, they took, they take women, um, on retreat. So they do two or three a year. And it was a beautiful thing because I was kind of crying out for help in the sense where I thrive in community, exactly what you're doing, connecting dots, whether you've lost a spouse or, you know, traumatic birth or whatever it may be, like we can all help each other in some small way. And I just remember saying, I have to find my people. I have to find someone that I can walk this path with because I cannot do this alone. And no one understands it the way you understand what happened to you. And same with me, unless you're in it, I don't, I don't have time for other people to judge or question unless, unless they've walked a day in your shoes. Right. Mm -hmm. So for me going to those retreats, pouring into my heart, meeting other widows and the, the intense therapy that I did, it all kind of helped me become whole again, mm. regardless of my loss. I just felt like I wanted to be spiritually, mentally, 
you know, working on the physical part, yep, yep. <laughs> all of those things. I just wanted to, to kind of stack those building blocks and fight against, not against my grief, but as I was moving through grief. Um, and then it was just kind of God's way of putting all of these, these interactions, these encounters in my path where I was able to go to the first never alone conference in Georgia. That was, um, over 200 widows, any, and they say it's called any age or any stage. So there were two women that I saw that were pregnant, um, versus all the way to 70 years old. Um, so the spectrum could be any, any range. I had a beautiful, um, relationship that I met two women via Instagram, even before Kyle had passed that I, women I had been praying for that I met at this conference. And, um, a photographer walked up to Emily and I, and she said, how long have you guys known each other? And we were like, we just met today. Wow. So it's very much just like a sisterhood. When you find your people who know, like where you're, where you're at and for your, for our babies, like, like how we can help each other's children. I'm like, there has to be more of me's out there. Mm-hmm. And just through their connections, um, they asked that day there of the 200, if people would stand up in the audience, um, if they were interested in starting local groups. And at the time that was February, I did not stand. I wasn't ready. I didn't think I had the capacity, but by this summer I was like, I I need to do this. Like, I know, I know there's more women out there that need, need community need not even just to say need help, but just need someone to walk the path with. Um, and so we started in October at my dear friend, Ginger, she's, um, a widow of 15 years. Her husband, um, was in combat in Iraq. And so it's just a beautiful thing because there's so many women who have come before me that I've gotten advice from and so many who will come after me and it doesn't have to be, you know, a certain thing that's, that's age or children. No one wants to be in our shoes. Mm -hmm. No one wants to I didn't want to be here, yep. but here we are. So how do we move forward? What, how can we help each other on this journey? And we had over 40 women walk in the door in October, all wow. within the local Nashville area. And we're meeting, we met in November. We're meeting again in, again, excuse me, meeting again in January and we're needing a, a larger space. So wow. that's, that's awful and beautiful at the same time. Yep. Um, but I am so grateful because that was my biggest prayer of how can I find my tribe? And I would scream and cry in my car. Like I felt so, I wasn't, I was never alone. I had, I had the community of angels, but so alone in my own pain. Yep. And I never wanted anyone to experience that, mm. you know, yes, by, do that by themselves. So that was really my, my motivator and getting me healthy first to be able to kind of be ready to help others. I just, Britt, that is, it's incredible. And it's such a testimony that we do have to, I mean, relationships and motherhood and, you know, being a wife, all those things are important, but it's like, you, you have to take care of yourself first. You truly do. And then when you do that, look at what you've done. I just think, again, it's beautiful and it's, it's so heart-wrenching. But to me, the word that I was thinking about, as you were saying, that was how much hope you are bringing to others. And if someone has something that on their heart that they're like, man, I've been through this and I want to go out there and spread hope and help others. Like, but maybe they're scared to do it. Like, how do they start? (laughs) Right. I would say for me, it was a lot of prayer because 
I actually, I wasn't raised to go to church. I wasn't raised in the church is what they like to say. And that was something that was always important to Kyle's family. And I was actually baptized in a trough um, (laughs) with Kyle and the pastor who married us um, right before our wedding, because it was a journey that I started with him, but I was never as close to God or in my faith. Um, as I am now, I guess if you experience something like I have and I, through EMDR, I physically feel like I've seen God and feel mm-hmm. how he moves in my life in so many yeah. ways that just giving it to him and trusting like this is the worst thing I hope I ever go through, but trusting that he has a plan and just kind of that, that sense of letting that go. He, he's in control. I am not that's kind of where my bravery started with. And then just finding someone to talk to, regardless if you can afford therapy or not, that's kind of, you can talk to friends and family all day, but like someone who can clinically like understand what you're going through and give you strategies. I have so many things that I took away as far as how, how do I walk in a room that might be, um, that might make me feel anxious, that might make me feel, you know, sad, or, you know, immediately there are things that are still triggers that I don't know are going to trigger me. Um, So just talking to someone who can give you, you know, give you your, your sense of whole or sense of self, um, those two things, prayer and, and therapy were kind of my, my stepping stones before I felt even comfortable to, to speak on or to share what I had gone through. And there's still things that we can all learn and that I'm struggling with every day. My, my griefiest days are when I am at home and my babies have gone to school and the house is quiet. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's what I wanted from leaving work. I wanted a quiet, you know, time to reflect, but you have to also be aware that triggers are going to come out of nowhere and the holidays are very hard and just, you know, knowing, I guess, before you go into situations, the, the, the positives and negatives that can come out of it yep. and yeah, just sharing, sharing how you, how you, it's hard to say how you yeah. feel, what, what made me feel whole again. Um, they describe it as hula hoops. If you think of oh. kind of like a Venn diagram, yep. um, you're a hula hoop, your spouse is a hula hoop, and you're supposed to blend in the middle in your relationship, in your marriage. And I basically jumped into Kyle's hula hoop <laughs> is how they described yeah. it. And yeah. so it's just really, how do you stand on your own two feet at the end of the day? Um, regardless of what happens around you, you can't control anyone but yourself. Yep. Um, and hope to other people from this sure. experience. You're bringing your children through this. You're you're starting this chapter of Never Alone Widows in your own community. And you've you've found new love too, which I think is just so incredible. And so um, how do you continue to find that hope? And can you kind of just share about, um, you know, because I think something I realized in going through some of my trauma work here was I've, I've been afraid to feel hope for me. It's in the context of birth, but it's like, you know, did you feel like you would not find love again? Or how do you open up that Pandora's box? And I think the scene you share your relationship now is so beautiful too. And it's wonderful. So like, how do you keep finding that hope Brit? And you found some light on the, not on the other end of this, but you're finding light along the journey. Right. And so much of what I have learned is just through the walk of others. Um, 
I've, I've heard, you know, it's a relay race. Kyle started this race and now Luke, um, my precious boyfriend is, he's passed the baton onto him and going to those conferences and just regardless if it's scary or hard, like do the work, put yourself in those communities and those um, experiences to help you feel a little vulnerable and help you, you know, you, I walk away with something new every single time that is, if they can, if they can get through this, or if they can, you know, come out, like you said, it's not on the other side, but it's, and it's not moving on from Kyle. It's like, how do I move forward in my life as a 33 year old woman and bring him with us? Mm. And so we're trying to honor him in every way that we can. And that's really been, you know, almost a year before um, the anniversary, I had gone to the conference and, you know, done, done some really hard work. And Kyle and I, because of his profession, um, and we talked a little bit about this before life insurance, we'd had those hard conversations of what ifs, you know, we would never want each other to be alone um, if something had happened and, or not to have help raising our children. And so people were kind of shocked, you know, you're very naive in your twenties and thirties and even in your forties, like this doesn't, this isn't supposed to happen, but what can we do in the meantime to, you know, communicate if something should happen or it's given me so much peace because I knew exactly what he wanted. Right. And he's not here to speak for himself, but like 13 years, he was my person, my person. And so for me, when even fat thinking about, or trying to fathom dating again. It was like, I know, I know he would want me to be happy. And I know he would want the kids to have someone to throw the football with, or, you know, to play tag in the kitchen and all these beautiful things that have come about within the last seven, eight months. Um, it's been such a gift. It's been such a gift. So I, I give all the credit to God and, you know, the community that's rallied around us. Um, Luke and I story is very special and one that I love to share. Yes. And Can I you share like, it with us? I was going to ask, yeah. cause I just think it's like the best God <laughs> story ever. Like, let's hear it. Cause it's and it, like, honestly, I feel like not that having a man is completing you because exactly. girl, you were a right. freaking badass, excuse me, but you were a freaking <laughs> badass before Thank Luke you. walked into it. But it's Thank like, you. I do think that the story of how you and Luke met is just a, a truly beautiful example of like, sure. oh, you are not doing life alone, like with right. you know, a higher power and God and all that. So let's hear it. Cause it's, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And so I knew kind of, like I said, after I'd done the work, I felt whole, I felt present. I felt like I was moving through my grief, but like in a healthy way. Yeah. And so that's kind of when, um, one of my friends and I joked about the dating apps and like, oh my gosh, like it just makes you want to <laughs> vomit a little bit because yeah. I didn't have to do that. Like Kyle and I met at a party in college. We were engaged less than a year later and you know, the rest is history. So for me to be a 33 year old, I was 32 at the time, widow with two kids. Like, how do you even put that on a dating app? Like that is <laughs> yeah. like, you get a There's not enough room on Hinge there's for not, that. <laughs> no, there's not. And so I went on two or three like first dates and it's a beautiful thing in the sense of when you're now not like, grief, loss, all that aside, yeah. when you're in your thirties, you know, exactly yes. what you want and what you don't want. It's very black and white. It's very like, I just pray God close the door as quickly as you can. If this isn't it, cause I'm not getting my kids involved. I'm not investing my heart. And that's exactly what happened. Like every date that I went on, 
every three, <laughs> three. I went on 80 first dates. So. <laughs> I've heard like horror stories, like this could take forever. But again, I was fine because I was content in myself, right? Yes, like so I was, key. yes, that was key. So it wasn't like I was waiting on a man or waiting for someone to come fix me. I did not want to hand this burden over to anyone because if the roles were reversed, like I think about Luke's position and putting myself in his shoes all the time. And like, it's going to take a very, very special person to come into my life and to be able to handle all of this. The fact that I will forever and ever love my husband for the rest of my life and two children on top who are grieving the best dad on earth. Like it's, it's a whole package deal. And so I just knew it has to be a special situation. And so Oh, Luke Putnam. Um, (laughs) He, um, so yeah, I was teaching at a school for 10 years and his mom actually was one of my um, very first interactions I had. She was um, working in the office and doing all of my kind of paperwork and onboarding and whatnot. And for about a month, she talked to me about her son, Luke, not realizing or not mentioning that I had a ring on my finger and that I had already been (laughs) married a few years. And I just moved from Illinois about a year earlier. And so I was just trying to be polite. And so I was listening to all these like Luke stories and how smart he was. And he's the black sheep of the family. And so it took her, it took her probably four or five weeks. And she realized, you know, I don't know if someone told her, oh, honey, I'm so sorry. You're just so precious. And I didn't have any idea you were married. And I was like, it's okay. You know, I just didn't want to say anything. And meanwhile, Luke knew none of these interactions happened. This is 2012. Like he knew none. Wow. He was just like fanning him out for all, all to, to grab onto. So fast forward 10 years, um, his whole family is kind of involved or teaches at the school where I was to the point his precious niece was in my kindergarten class. Wow. And so it happened two different times in December. I really didn't think anything of it. I wasn't kind of there yet, but we had an interaction um, taking his niece to lunch. He would come from Nashville and eat with her and his mom. And so I assumed that he was um, Penelope's dad and he was like, oh no, I'm her uncle. And so I like you know, blush head down. (laughs) I'm like, oh, he's cute, but I need to keep going. And so that was very brief in December. And then April comes around where at that point I had been to onsite. I'd been to the conference, um, really, really worked on myself, started kind of dating a little bit. And it was like, he was standing in the hallway and I remembered who he was. His um, dad was in the hallway. His mom was there. And I just word vomited. And I was like, do you want to come back to my classroom? D- did you get to say goodbye to Penelope? And he like looked at me and, he, and his mom was like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll go back. We'll come down to your room in just a minute. And I was like, I don't even know why I just said that. Oh, my gosh, like, I love it. It's just, <laughs> it was just, again, word vomit. Like, I had no idea what was happening. And so, yeah, he came down. We were in the middle of a, of a math quiz. And his niece looks up, and she's like, Uncle Luke, why are you in here? And he's like, I don't know. No one knows. <laughs> no one knows. And so that day, I ended up texting his mom. Like, if it was on your heart, I would love to have, I would love to have Luke's phone number. Meanwhile... He goes to a restaurant downtown Franklin, calls a friend. And he was like, hey, man, there's this girl at, at uh, my mom's school. I want to get her number. I'm going to send a courier pigeon because I don't want to ask my mother. And then meanwhile, I'm, I'm asking his mom. Oh, that is so good. <laughs> for his number. And 
he texts me. We went on a date on a Monday and literally have been inseparable ever since. He's um, never married, no kiddos. And it's just been so genuine, so real. Um, he didn't meet the kids for about, I don't know, six, seven weeks. I wanted to make sure um, that I was, that one, that he was, you know, meant for me. And yeah. two, that he would be a good influence for them. Absolutely. That's that's my number one priority. But that was also very hard because I felt like, and if anyone's experienced this, I was living two lives. I'm, you know, going to concerts and going out in Nashville, going on dates with him, but then I come home to runny noses and nap times. Yeah. Right. So then how do I not how do I blend these two worlds? And it just we just said, you know, with prayer and communication, he's never been through this. I've never been through this. And we just have to take it one day at a time. And communication was something that Kyle and I really struggled with because I think we, we met so young. Absolutely. I remember, yeah, that was something that was always so hard for us. And it's just like, I have such a gift to, to have a second chance for not, I don't want to say a do over, yeah. but it's like, I'm so much more intentional about how I text him or how I talk to him or how I don't assume he's going to know what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. And like, we have yet yet to have a problem yet to have, I shouldn't say yet to have a fight. Cause we've had, I've had griefy days where yeah. I've tried to push him away, hoping, you know, Oh, he's going to leave because this is too hard. And he doesn't, he doesn't. And just knowing, you know, when to speak up and say, this is really hard for me and just communicating your needs. I think that's grief or no grief. Anybody can yeah. relate to that, right? Totally. How you, how you speak to each other. Kyle and I used to want to have date nights um, once a week. And we never, we never got to that because we didn't, we weren't intentional. And so that's my hope with this new relationship is to be in the moment, communicate what I want and just love with my entire heart. And it's been such, it's been such a, a wonderful, wonderful relationship. So I'm it's, very, I'm very lucky. It is. It's so beautiful, Britt. It's so cool. And it's, again, you, you to me are someone that is a reminder to just, to just do that, to live life, to have the tough conversations, to have the fun moments, because we're not guaranteed tomorrow. And, um, I just think your story is such a beautiful testimony to God and faith and hard work. And I think what's really beautiful about this Brit is that your story is still being written and there's, there's so much, there's so many more people that you are going to help by Thank simply you. being you and being on this journey. Um, yourself. So as we so kind of start to wrap up here, I just have, uh, you know, one quick piece of advice. And this is something me and Britt really wanted to cover today on the podcast. What is your advice to couples, to, you know, a wife listening yeah. to this, to go home with their husband? Like what, what kind of conversation should we be having about future planning? Because right. it isn't something that's easy to think about or that you just don't think about. So can we just touch on that really quick? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, something that I would uh, I get a, a lot of questions about this is life insurance. You know, when you're young and you are healthy, it's not usually at the forefront of people's minds. It was on ours because that's Kyle worked for State Farm. So that was just um, something that he was hyper aware of. So life insurance, for sure, um, do it now because if you have illnesses or, you know, challenges later on, it's harder to get. It's more expensive. And yeah. so why not do it young? They can even come to your home and do a blood and urine sample and give you a rate based on that. Um, get that for funeral expenses, for your babies, for if something catastrophic happens or cancer and you have all these medical bills, or for me, 
Um, it was just the day-to-day, you know, our, we had a car payment, um, our mortgage, things like that, that I could not do on my own with a teaching salary. Um, so life insurance for sure, a will, um, a living will, just so you have, you know, we have all this money, just you have your, your things in order of, for me, it wasn't really about the money or the house or worth. It was where my babies would go now that it's just me, who do I want them to be taking, who, who do I want to take care of them? If something were, if they were without parents, which is so ugh, hard yes. and gut wrenching to talk about, but like, where would they be happy? And who do you trust with their, with their lives? And, um, so yeah, life insurance, get a will and then just random, just passwords. Like, yeah. um, I, there were so many things I couldn't get into. He did all of our budgeting and our finances and, emails and all that stuff. And I know that's hard because I feel like our passwords change every 30 days, right? (laughs) But just the big things, right? And the things that are, that are manageable for, for your finances and things like that. Um, that's come back to bite me in multiple ways. And it was neither one of our intentions. It's just something you you don't think it's going to be, you don't think it's necessary, but all of those things would make anyone's life a little bit easier. Um, and then something I didn't know about um, is social security. If you like are a government employee or like he worked for, um, state farm, social security gets pulled out of your paycheck. Now I'm not sure if you can like put into that, like you can, um, certain types of insurance, but so I get like spousal benefits because, okay. because he put into social security. So like, so typically, smart. see, these are things I would not know. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't know it either. So like, typically, like if you, we don't see social security until we retire, it's what yep. you get after you are done working. Um, and based on, I don't know your income or your, how much time you worked is what you get each month. So because of what he put into social security, I get so much, um, money from the government for my kids and myself until they're 18, which helps us stay afloat. And I had zero clue about that. So if someone doesn't, you know, someone doesn't know that that exists, that's definitely, you know, something that is a huge blessing for me and the kids as far as just paying for the day-to-day. Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm so glad you, I mean, I told this to Britt before. I'm like, she is the reason that I have all of Zach's passwords and all this. Cause I was like, Zach, I don't have any of this stuff. Like I'm, I'm in it with him, but I just think, and those are like, don't procrastinate. Just like, go do it. It's not that hard. It's set in place. And then you get to go do the dance parties in the kitchen and communication. Cause it's like, you have those safeguards. So I'm, I'm so glad that you shared that with us, Britt, because I think it's just, again, that's not like, I mean, it's definitely a peace of mind. Like just take, take the hard few days and then make like, go to dinner afterwards or go do something fun and lighten it up. But just knowing, you know, the, the people in your home are the most important people in your world. So what you want to do, whatever you can to protect your world. And I, I commend you for even looking into it, asking about it yep. because yeah. How, like where, where would they want to be? Like, do they, Kyle knew I wanted to be cremated because I'm claustrophobic and I knew exactly where he wanted to be near his family. He's had a yep. lot of loss um, in the Hills of Tennessee. So like when all, I was doing all those things literally on my birthday, I'm like, I just had such a peace because we'd had those hard, hard conversations and I knew exactly what he wanted. And so that in itself is such a gift. It is. It really is. Um, okay. Two fun questions, like little quick rapid fire. And then yes, we're going to end with, with a little bit of a deeper one. So the first okay. one, Britt is what is your go-to coffee order? 
Ooh, um, I like an iced vanilla latte Ooh, with yes. almond milk because now it's like, why is dairy such? Why is dairy the the enemy? It <laughs> is. I can't do dairy anymore. <laughs> I so, love that almond milk, please, or oat. I really don't care. If That's what's in my milk. Starbies right yeah. now. I knew yeah. I loved you. Um, okay, and this one's gonna make you giggle because we were just talking about this. But what is your go-to pump up like workout song or just pump up song in general? What just is like a song that you're like. Or even oh for you, I know you share gosh. a lot of music and part of your healing yeah. too. Like what's like yeah. your go-to, like if you need to like get your booty up and get going, what is the song that's going to do it for you? Oh man. So like I'm all Jesus, but then I'm also Cardi B. So <laughs> it's probably like something that has not clean words in it by Cardi B. Like if I'm walking around my neighborhood and I have my earbuds in, like I'm walking really fast and I'm like talking to myself, you know, just, just as in my Cardi B voice, like you don't want to walk, you don't want to speed walk with me because it's not pretty. So I can't pick one, but I'm somewhere on the Cardi B. I, I love you Maverick for this. City, yes. <laughs> Maverick City spectrum. Yes. So I'm, I'm in there, but I, I don't share my Cardi B because you know yeah she's yeah, yeah. you know what we're multifaceted people Brett. i mean sometimes yeah. you need to go from elevation worship to cardi yeah. b and that's yeah. you know what that's the beauty of life yeah. you gotta have both there's well and the best is like when one will come on in my minivan and i'm just like everybody just pause everyone just pause like bennett plug your ears yes plug your ears turn it down we're switching we're switching oh that is so good right now Wheels that on. is so so good um okay Britt, this is going to be my final question for you and right. i um, I just want to say thank you. I, I yeah. really do. I I admire you so much. And the legacy that you are leaving, the legacy that Kyle has left in your children. And um, it's it's truly beautiful. And it's like it 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 makes me emotional because it's like you just um it's just it's powerful and I know it's gonna change people's lives. Um and and again, I and I'm sorry for your loss in in what's happened with Kyle, but um, your strength that you've shown for so many people is just incredible. And if you ever doubt it, like go back and listen to this because yeah. so many people are supporting you and praying for you and love you. And, um, you so yeah, I just, I, I just have to say, thank you so much for sharing this vulnerable story today. And I know it's going to impact people. Um, so my last question for you is, you know, the legacy you want to leave. And part of me even wants to ask, like, if you could even like tell Kyle, like, babe, look what I'm doing. Like, mm -hmm. this is the legacy I'm leaving. Like, mm -hmm. what would you say? And and what do you hope when you are, you know, that 90 year old woman uh, looking back at your life? Like, what do you just want to be like? Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad I got to do that. I would 100% say, just say yes. Because when he was alive, I always said no. Yeah. Um, I always said no, just for practical reasons. And then yeah. you learn like, you don't have time, you know, you don't have time to think through the logistics or the, the schedule or the calendar that, or the, the money in the bank account, like just, just live while you can, whether that again is New York city or dancing on your kitchen counter, yeah. like just say yes, because I regret it so much and miss him so much. And so I know like he sees all the yeses I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying in the last year and a half. And I know that makes him so proud. So oh. proud. That's so good. That's such a good spot. Say yes. Yeah. Say Live yes. life. Love big and all of the things. Um, I think that's beautiful. I love it. And he's so seeing much. it. He's cheering yes. you on, girl. He's yes, cheering he you on. Yes, um, Britt, where can people connect with you and find your advocacy work with um, Never Alone Widows? Um, can you share that with our audience? 
Yeah. So um, on Instagram, I am at Brit. Nope. <laughs> Bravely dot Brit. Um, and then I share the Never Alone Widows Mission as well. Um, our local chapter is linked in my profile. Um, but so send me a message like nothing makes makes our day right when someone when they've heard your podcast or they have seen a story or watched a video that that, that helps them in some way. So I love to connect with, with others, regardless if it's grief related or, or not just like mm -hmm. how, how can I give back? How can I help in some way? Cause that's really, I feel like why, why I'm here now. Um, so please send me a message. I would, I would love nothing more. And I'm just so grateful for our friendship and for this conversation and all that you're doing. And, um, I hope that it can continue you can continue to help others and to sh show aware, shed awareness for so many different, uh, so many different things. I feel like God is, we're all in one giant puzzle and he just puts yep. the people together in such a beautiful way. It's so beautiful. You guys go follow Brit. She will inspire you. She will fire you up and um, make sure, you know, if you're not in Nashville, get connected with her for the never alone widows or share it with someone who might need it. And um, Britt, thanks for being here Yay, and everyone thank you else. So much. Oh, thank you. We'll see you next week on the Kate take. Bye. Mm -hmm.